Welcome to the MS Dev Show, episode number 110. This week, we talk with James Montemagno about what's new in Xamarin. Why do Nigerian scammers say they're from Nigeria? Buffer gets real about layoffs. And Microsoft buys LinkedIn for Jason's app. This episode of the MS Dev Show is brought to you by Infragistics, providing tools and solutions to accelerate design, development, insights, and collaboration for any organization. This week we have James Montemagno. He's a developer evangelist at Xamarin. How's it going? Oh, it's going great. How are you guys doing? Very good, very good. You've been uh, you've been getting around, huh? I've seen you seen you all over the place. Build VS Live, and then uh, right after VS Live, you just like appeared in the room I was in and hung out there. Yeah, you were just. Uh, that's funny because I was at a VS Live, <laughs> then hung out with you, and then I was just at another VS Live event. They're like just like back to back to back to back, and then we had Evolve, and then obviously yeah, Build right, and it has been crazy um, all over the place, which is fun. It's it's fun to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I try to get out to as many possible conferences and reach as many developers and try to talk about Xamarin as possible. But we do a lot of, you know, more, a lot more user groups. We run some user groups here in, in Redmond and Seattle. So that's really fun. It's a little bit more of a more intimate environment, right, when you're in a mm-hmm. user group because you get to have a more chat time. When you're at conferences, you're kind of rushing around. But, you yeah, know, we ran into each other. You're hacking onto some Xamarin goodness, uh, which I like to yep. see. I like to see that. And spreading the. Now I can say us, like us, me and you, us yeah, together as one. Together. Together as one. I was at VS Live and Nick Landry was there. And I was talking about the cognitive services and all these really cool things we have in, yep. in our cloud. And, in our, you know, and he goes, he goes, oh, this feels, so, this feels so warm. He's like, it sounds so good. Because, you know, him and I have been friends even before he worked at Microsoft, too. I yeah. used to be like a Nokia ambassador and all this stuff. So it's it's fun to see like, you know, him and I kind of progress. And then now we're now we're on the same team, which is pretty great. Yeah. Um, yeah. So welcome to Microsoft. Super, super excited to have you guys as part of the team. Yeah, it's so, been going really good. So it's super yeah. excited to be here. Speaking of conferences, have, have you ever been to that conference? So I really, you know, here's the funny thing about that conference is I always want to try to go to that conference because my good friend, uh, Brent Schooley from Twilio, he's a Twilio dev evangelist, and they always do like that. Like, they always do like that bus. He's and, always like, all there. Stuff. He's always there, and he's always like, he's always tweeting about it. I'm like, oh man, I got to go. My girlfriend, she's a back end web developer, um, C sharp developer uh, here locally uh, in Seattle, and she's getting to go to that conference, and I don't even get to go to that conference. <laughs> nice. I've been trying, I've been trying to sneak my way in to speak, but I don't know. I'm just saying. So yeah. you'll, you'll have to tell her to uh, come, come meet up with us then. Yeah, well, you can go under the you can go under the family ticket. Like you don't even have to speak. Yeah, that's true. Maybe I'll do that. Maybe it's I'll only like a, it's like a thirty five dollar add on, man. And you could oh. you can eat all the food. Like it's totally a good deal. I might do Clark, that then. Clark loses a lot of money on, on the family tickets because <laughs> they you know they they undercharge right because they you know they want to make it a family event and uh, you know he's talked on the show about that. Um, so I think it's like a thirty five dollar adder, which is an incredible deal. So. I might have to, I'll talk to her tonight about it. Cause that'd be pretty fun. Cause her and I've never gone to a conference together. Mm-hmm. I go to a lot of conferences and I've always wanted oh, to go to, I go to, I go to Code Mash, 
which is in Sandusky, Ohio. And these yep. are both at Col- at Colorado, yeah. right? So, yeah. um, so it'd be really cool to go and, uh, it's in, it's in, is it is in Wisconsin? Yep. yep. In Wisconsin, Wisconsin, in Wisconsin Dells. Dells. <laughs> I've never been to the Dells. Uh, Heather, she's, she's from Chippewa Falls. So, and oh, I've been nice. to Madison, uh, where mm-hmm. I think, um, some of our good guys, uh, some of our Xamarin MVPs are out over in Madison. I love Wisconsin. It's good. It's a really good cheese. I just want to go to the dairy farm and just get some, some cheese curds and they're so well, squeaky. If, oh, miss, if you come, let me know, I'll bring you some cheese curds. That's all I want. That's all I want in life. Her dad <laughs> just came and visited us, and and I was just expecting like just you know for cheese curds to like fall off the plane, but there's none to be found. And I was like, no, what happened? <laughs> oh, I, gave him, I gave him a little bit of a hard time, but it, it was it was good. Yeah, yeah. I'm just I'm just not eating cheese now, oh. so which is probably a good thing. But uh, yeah, I miss it. Okay, right. so who do we have for the Infragistics Ultimate Winner of the Week, Carl? I don't want to go that far yet, Jason. I, I'm oh. not done talking about the conference. Oh, so, I, you know, I got a challenge uh, out there for our listeners. So we're going to that conference, and we want to know who you want us to talk to. There's an awesome speakers list. So if you go to thatconference.com slash speakers, they have everybody out there. If there's somebody you want us to interview or talk to and record that conversation, send us uh their names because yeah. not only does that help us out, but it makes the show exactly what you guys want to hear. That's awesome. We're holding people hostages here, huh? That's a great plan. I like that. You guys going to get a little recording booth or something like that. And yeah, we had that last year. We had a table with our mic set up and no, oh, it was amazing, but I'm not going to be there this year. So I don't know how no. we're going to do it. Remote Skype, <laughs> Skype and in person. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe I'll fly out at the last minute. We'll see. We'll see if my, if my wife will uh, kill me over that. Just go. Just go. It's yeah. worth it. Go. Just, gonna, you can break this non-cheese eating. Can you still eat cheese? Are you lactose? Oh, no, no. I can totally eat cheese. It just oh, like, okay. it can, only be, yeah, it can only be from Wisconsin at this point. That makes sense. I, I like that. I like I like that's a good rule to live by. Only cheese from Wisconsin. Yeah. There you go. There you go. Yeah. All right. So okay, the, we're done now, Carl. <laughs> for just ultimate winner this week. Uh, this is a kind of a different take on it. We got it from Twitter, and it wasn't really somebody who talked about us, but it was really promoting us to other people on Twitter. So it was from uh, Chris. Uh, his Twitter handle is Buttercorp. And he, <laughs> awesome. And he said, Mary Jo Foley and Paul Therott, the MS Dev Show had the Continuum PM on. She said several large orgs are using Continuum and 950s only. Did you know? So we thank you and everybody else who gets the word out about our show to other people, especially others that uh, can influence and spread the show even further. So for that, uh, Chris wins the Infragistics ultimate license this week. And if you want to be mentioned on the show, send us an email to feedback at msdevshow.com comment on Facebook, YouTube, Stitcher. We really like those iTunes reviews. Awesome. Now, does okay. that Infragistics pack, does that include all the Xamarin controls? I assume it, yep. it's all their stuff. Their UI and UX super pack. Yeah, and like it's been that. a while since I commented on that. But yeah, they have they have awesome controls for Xamarin. I mean, they have some Xamarin Forms controls. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. You probably even know more of what's in there because they. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So what what type of Xamarin controls do they have in there? Well, so, you know, Infragistics. Like, if I look at kind of all of them, uh, we actually have some. Uh, we have a really great relationship with all of the different controls vendors out there. Yeah. Infragistics have been Infragistics has been really good actually. Um, and they don't only do iOS and Android, but then they obviously do Xamarin Forms, which is nice because then it's going to span iOS, Android, and, and Windows UWP. So what's interesting too, 
is that whenever I look at controls, they're like, oh, you can buy like the iOS or the Android or you buy Xamarin Forms. And like uh. that just includes iOS, Android <laughs> and Windows. So it's kind of like this all in one bundle, which is nice. But I think yeah. I agree. It's a lot of great, beautiful charts and graphs and dashboards and gauges, yep. like all that good stuff. And a lot of people, you know, I've, I've been a .NET developer since, oh, geez, 2005, 2006. Right. And you know, a lot of that was like WinForm stuff. And it was whenever I didn't want to do something like there's a lot there's a lot packed in that Microsoft or Xamarin or like the different platforms ship. But you're going to reach some point in development where you're just like, I want to do this one thing or my boss like yeah. wants to have this chart or I want to do this thing. You can do it yourself. Like there is no reason that you couldn't do it yourself. But let's just save some time. And like I'm going to go buy something from someone. And the infrastructure is very beautiful. They spend a lot of time making them really nice. So. That's usually what I do. I, I I have a whole bunch of those packs um, from all yeah. over the place because when I, when I need it, slap it in there. You know, make 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 your development life easy. Yeah, don't do that yourself. I mean, I did that. Yeah, over over a decade ago, there were some chart types that just nobody really made, and I had to build them myself. And maintaining those things long term is such a such a hassle. Like let let the experts take take care of that thing. Yeah, this is what they do. Yeah, <laughs> so. exactly. Okay, should we jump into the news? Okay, so what do we got here? Six algorithms algorithms that can improve your life. And I think I use a lot of these, Carl. Yeah, and and the thing about these, for those of you who haven't read the article yet, is you you hear algorithms, you're like, oh, programming topic. And these are things to like make your average life better. Um, so it starts off, number one, temporal locality. It basically says the last place you put something is probably the most optimal place to have it. And and if you have like a pile of things on your desk, the most important things will be closest or on top. Mm-hmm. So, you know, not <laughs> knowing you just, monkeys, you I just move. Yeah, you just moved in. Mm-hmm. So I don't think that works. Yeah. with yeah. you. <laughs> we got this monkey. We got this monkey. Well, so the first one there, <laughs> the first yeah, those one are there, all very important. Yeah. The first one was the most important. Yeah. No, this, oh, this, this, this a, is a big Xamarin, one. Xamarin Microsoft Ooh. monkey. Yeah. I actually, you know, I did get my monkey. I think. I think my kid stole it. Maybe it's the, the elusive Pokeball, Master Ball. <laughs> <laughs> now, the people that aren't on video are going to be totally confused. So, um, yeah, to- I totally agree with this. So I have a I have a couple of rules that I live by here. So the first one is like for receipts, like I just stack them up and I don't try to organize them because that would just be absurd. The one in a million times that I actually need a receipt, it was probably recent and it's probably on top. And then the other thing is, um, and and I, I don't remember if there was another one. I don't think there was another one that talked about this. This was actually from the um, Getting Things Done book. But basically, whenever you, and I, I probably talked about this a long time ago on the show, but whenever you create a filing system, think about not only the how much time it takes you to put it, um, you know, put something in it, but how long it takes you to uh, take something out. Yeah, that's the the very next one, the search okay. sort trade off. Yeah. yeah, so so the the idea is like, you know, I used to like organize like all my files. I'd have like, oh, these are my cell phone bills, and you know, it was just <laughs> absurd, right? And then I realized that actually, after reading that book, I I don't, you know, I just never never put a, enough thought into it, even though I put a lot of time into it. Um, just throw all that crap into one spot because the you know the the once every 6 months that you actually have to go get something then you can go do that and actually now I go paperless so I don't really care so now now we're we're in the age of like ultra search right so now I can I can search within documents and things like that so um yeah very little organization i'd say yes. for me what's interesting about that is that i just throw away every receipt my my, mm-hmm. my girlfriend hates it but <laughs> <laughs> I, I get a receipt if I'm not expense if I expense it I literally at the checkout have the expensify open I don't know if I can do this at Microsoft in the, in the future but I literally take the photo 
throw the receipt away. I don't even want it because yeah, I don't need to organize it. I'll yeah, all digital. Yep. And then what I do is I have a the Uber and Lyft receipts. Those come in via email. Yep. So if I have it, as soon as I get it, I forward it to Expensify and archive okay. it. And if it's not archived, if it's archived, that means it's taken care of. Else, okay. I still got to take care of it. But everything else, just throw it away. You don't need it. Go, go digital everywhere because you can search. I will say I disagree with this article about organizing your inbox because yeah. I'm all about the folders. And if you follow Hanselman's guide to CC external and invites, that will probably most likely save your life when it comes to, to email. But besides, I mean, those are probably three important uh, rules. Yeah, yeah no, but. I think I, I think that's just a little bit different aspect of it. So that, that whole thing, it's really like, that's really about controlling the things that you get notified for. That's true. That's yeah. true. Yeah, I, I, like I have folders. I like I like folders. I can't help it. I have a folder for every conference for like, I, I don't know. I just really like it. Yeah. No? yeah. Do you hate it? Nope. I don't know. Do you like there's I, I I walked to some of my my colleagues and they just have like just inbox. And I was like, I don't know how you live with yourself. But then oh, they have yeah. nothing in oh, the inbox. It's oh, that's, glorious. Those people, those people are just wrong. There's, there, that's there's something totally wrong about having 83,000 emails in your inbox. I, I don't know. I guess if you, I, I don't know. Cause then those are the same people. They're just like, Oh, I, I could never have like a watch device. And, and I have my, you know, the, the vibration turned off on my phone. And, and all of that is because, you know, again, you don't know how to manage those notifications. Like I have all these sophisticated rules set up. So even like if my boss CCs me, it, the rule knows, oh, well, this is from your boss. So even though you've been CC'd, like, I'm going to put this in your inbox, and guess what? Your phone is going to beep. Um, but m- most email, like, you know, if you emailed me, James, like, it would, I would get a notification on that. Um, if you CC'd me, I don't think I would. Um, yeah, but, you know, sense. that goes to a different folder, yeah. So prioritizing notifications. That's probably a whole different topic than what we're talking about here. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah. And it's, well, it's also about also when it comes to email, it's 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 like it's really personal because I receive so much of it. And I'm sure you guys do, too. It's yeah, it's, it's how to properly use email. That's a whole other talk. But like yeah. there's guides on how to use two and CC and BCC properly. That's like the first thing that everyone should read at any job. It's, it's pretty great. So, so I will tell you at Microsoft, and this is probably like, it's more relevant at Microsoft than any other company, like don't BC, BCC a, a, a distribution list because it breaks everybody's email rules. So you you will literally, like in our, our distribution lists are gigantic. They can have like 10,000 people. So all of a sudden you'll be like, you'll get this email in your inbox and says, moving distribution list to BCC. And they literally just sent like an individual email to 10,000 people. <laughs> Don't do that. And then you'll have somebody scold them uh, quickly as a follow-up. I'm noticing, anyway, yeah, so far everyone likes to just put everyone on the two line. So everyone's important on this email. Oh, so. no. I'm See, I'm meticulous with that. Like if I really, if it's really just like an FYI, then you'll be in the CC list. Okay. I appreciate that. Yep. Yeah, the, the one piece of this that has kind of changed how I do things is I normally have a pretty open calendar mm-hmm. compared to like a lot of people that I I deal with. And uh, so a lot of times I used to be like, oh, pick a time that works for, for you. I'm open. Mm-hmm. And I, I, and it says, hey, don't pass that, you know, mental logic on to somebody else. So I've been actually diligent since reading this about if I need to schedule something with somebody, I'll look at their calendar, pick something that works. If they don't like it, they can always say, yep. hey. That on, yeah, so. this is one I've been historically bad at, but I've been trying to get better at that because, yeah, I do that with partners all the time. Like, it's kind of like this whole restaurant conundrum, right? Where it's like, hey, where do you want to eat? And I don't, I don't care. Where do you want to eat? I'm like, I don't care. And then we just sit here like, you know, like, just like pick something because yeah. the other person, you know, won't care. So it's the same with the calendar. Like, how about four o'clock this Friday? <laughs> and then it's a yes or no. And then usually at that point, they'll be like, no, but three works. 
okay, done. That whole transaction went a hundred times faster. I'm actually going to start in- integrating this into my life because I'm I mean I'm that same way with uh, with food, but even worse on a calendar. I'm I'm the same. I'm just like whatever. What I'm open like the whole day. You pick. <laughs> You're, it's that's your, that's then, what you did when we scheduled the show. And then what did I do? <laughs> I picked a time and I, or actually I just sent you the invite with the time and I said, it works great. Yep. And I was, it was funny is I would have said nine. I would have literally said nine too. It's like, if I had picked something, I would have said nine. <laughs> if you would have said eight 30, that's too early. I'm a developer. I can't get up. I'm not going to no, get up that. I know. Early. Yeah. The West coast developer. West Coast developer. I'm not. I'm not in the office before nine. So. Yep. Uh, yep. Definitely. Okay, Carl. Any of these other ones you wanted to cover? Yeah. We'll move on. No, we can move on to the next one. Okay, cool. Uh, how to name CSS classes? And I, I have not been like doing anything with CSS, so I'm totally confused by this world now. Yeah, I look at CSS and I get confused. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah I, I think that there's there's a few good things, especially the early ones are really good for if you're just kind of a developer. Yeah. Once once you get to kind of like step six on here, then it's like you got to be like living this front end stuff to really even kind of go to that level because I, cause that one's like try BEM. And at that point, like you got to look up what BEM is. I'm like, I'm like, what the heck is it? <laughs> and actually the ones that I did understand, I pretty much disagreed with. So, um, cause like this one here, um, let's say the header logo looks like this. Don't call it header logo, call it guillotine. Um, what that, I just hate that because like, okay, so now you switch out the logo, the company, you know, I always, I always call it company logo or like the, the ad on our website. I call it like, I don't, maybe I did call it like infragistics ad, but I, I think I just called it like side ad or something. Right. So if we ever, if we ever were to swap that out, like I, I just put a new image in there with that name and it just magically works. So, um, I, but I don't really know what I'm talking about either. Yeah. Well, yeah, I, I think out of all, I think like out of all. You, yeah. So whatever you do in C sharp, do the opposite. <laughs> yeah. Cause they also do the, um, the dashes and the names, which I've yeah. never seen anybody do that in CSS, but apparently that's better. Well, well for, for me, if, when it comes to naming conventions, I think if, you have something you have a naming convention in C sharp and you have like naming conventions in VB and they are totally different. Yeah. And to, to me, like you should try to match those when possible. That way, when you go to that, other people can kind of just pick it up. It's kind of mm-hmm. like using the defaults on visual studio. I've kind of yeah. more and more like you can swap the defaults from certain defaults to others, but as a whole, I don't like make my own or enforce them just that so it's just that much less work when you have to spin up a new machine or if you're going to somebody else's, it, you know, it's that kind of consideration. Um, I, I think that people should read these and, and look at them. Uh, obviously, there's a little bit of code stuff that's, you know, preferences, kind of like yeah. number three that Jason has an issue with. But uh, for, for those of you who are kind of doing a little bit of stuff, you know, just kind of going in on things that other people have professionally thought these of, these are really good kind of guidelines to kind of yeah. stay within what, what, what the latest on CSS trends are right now. Yeah. And, and send us feedback on that. Like, let us know, like send us an email, mm-hmm. let us know if these are just stupid, if we're, if, or, or, <laughs> or if these are like the, the rules that everybody should be following. Well, it's kind of like the best practice even in C sharp world is when, if you're in someone else's code, like if I'm in Carl's code, I'm in his CSS, match his CSS style. Yeah. Like, I, I sometimes yeah, that's I'll rule open. one. Yeah, that's rule one. If I and and then I always kind of just go by the defaults. I think in C sharp there's a grand debate. I'm pretty sure I'm correct. But there's a grand. <laughs> deb- there's a there's only one debate that people. I'll be the judge. And, and it's it's private variables and people yeah. like to do m underscore or underscore something. It, that's yeah. completely wrong. You should never do that. Just, you don't need to. It's bad. That's bad practice because everything is smart enough. We're not C plus plus developers. You don't need to do that. 
So it, it irks me. But I will say, like, if I'm in your code, Jason, which I'm sure has M underscore, because we're living. Oh, I don't. I don't do M. I don't. I don't get the M under. I do the underscore for private variables. Though. But why? You don't need to. You can say no, dot. And you can I, I, okay. I will. I will let you. I will let you have that one. I will let you win that battle if you're okay with using var for pretty much everything. Oh, you var everything. Okay, then I'll give Why you. I'll give you the other one. Then I'm. Then I'm an idiot for using the the underscores. Then okay, you, perfect. Exactly. Use var for everything. We're on the same page. I've changed. IntelliSense is smart enough. I know. Right? Roslyn I know. is so good. Um. Anyways, that, that, I digress. But I think that you know a lot of these <laughs> things. Like I don't know. I, I mean, in general, like if I was doing CSS, what's interesting is I'd probably follow some similar patterns, like that guillotine thing, right? I'd be like you know, create header logo. And then I'd write a comment that says, it looks like a guillotine. You know, that's probably what I would <laughs> I do. I don't know. Like if, if our, but the thing is like our company is like, if it's called like, I'm probably just going to make this really mushy, but like if, if the company's called guillotine or something like mm. everybody knows what that, is. I, I don't know. I don't know. Guillotine it, logo. I mean, if your logo is going to change, um, yeah, yeah, maybe just comment it then. I don't know. It just seems really weird to be like that oddly specific. I mean, that would be like saying red header. You know, like do you want to yeah. call it red header? And then and then somebody comes along and they're like, well, we want to make the header blue. And then you have to go into the HTML and say, oh no, CSS style is now blue header. And then I go into my CSS and I say, okay, blue header and color blue. Like, what? What just call it header? <laughs> And change your color there. Like, isn't that the point of CSS? I, d I don't. I don't think we use names to describe the things we're talking about. Anyway, I probably. I'm gonna get a whole bunch of hate mail. Okay, right, so, so let's talk about something that we can all agree is really cool. More awesome posters from NASA would be nice. Yeah. Please, please tell me that's what we're getting, Jason. <laughs> yeah. Yep. So, so yeah. Right after, you know, right after I ordered my posters and I screwed them up anyway. So I screwed them up. Uh, they came out with a whole bunch more, which we talked about, I think, on the last episode. And now they have a whole bunch of cool Mars posters. So basically, so cool. I am, you know, in, in an unrelated no news, I have no money now. I'm totally broke. <laughs> <laughs> these are these are just really cool. I don't think I'm going to order the Mars ones, though. I like I like the exoplanet ones better. Um, but these are cool. I mean, because they sort of have like a matching uh, color thing going on, at least from my color blindness. It looks like they do. Some of them have that old school, like 1950s, like. Uh, I'm a big yeah. uh, Pixar fan, and and they do like for Wally, for instance, they did these like 1950s style, like they're very exclusive. You can't find them, but my favorite one on here has to be some user assembly required. And this guy like outside, they just like go into town, like trying to like repair well, the space shuttle. <laughs> and I'm like, that's yeah. amazing. <laughs> yeah. yeah so well, yeah. So you have to look at the show notes from our last episode because we have the there's the all the exoplanets they have posters for them. So what I'm going to do, uh, I tipped everybody. I actually this will be opposite. This is going to con contradict my last tip. I was mentioning ordering these things and buying frames. So I think what I'm going to do now because that is such a hassle and my frames suck and I'm going to take them back. Um, just order these things like on foam board and be done with it. So if you go through Adorama, you can get them on foam board and then you just like use like double sided tape to stick them on, uh, stick them to the wall, which is amazingly effective. I'm so, all about the double sided tape. I just moved a double sided tape. <laughs> like, well, they have the, the, the command, you can get the command double sided. Yes. That has, yep. oh, oh my God. Like everything, like wh whoever thought of this. Yeah. Genius. Just don't, don't buy. There's like the, there's the red tape. It's got like, it's the, the high, it's the, um, high strength red tape. Do not buy that unless you need to like mount like a toilet to the wall or something because <laughs> it will like it, the, if you t whatever you whenever you pull something off like your wall will come with it. J just a warning for everybody like buy the you want you actually want to buy if you're putting something light on the wall buy the most lightweight thing that you can for sticking it on there. 
Okay, anyway, uh, why do Nigerian scammers say they are from Nigeria? Good question, and I love the answer to this one. <laughs> this is amazing. Yeah, so it seems like they're optimizing for spam as well as giving you spam. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, Go ahead, Kyle. Yeah, you know, when when you hear that, you know, that there's wealth is, there's a lot of wealth from Africa that's coming to you, you you're kind of BS flag if you're, you know, not a gullible person should go if up. You're, if you're listening to this show yeah. and you get a call or an email from a Nigerian spammer, what do you do? You ignore it. <laughs> yeah. But, oh, but you're are... supposed to click through and then like, you know, give them your credit card information and social security number. Yeah, so so <laughs> they people... ask for it. So, <laughs> so yeah, essentially nice. what they're doing is like, if, if you're gull- gullible enough to believe that and you click back, that reduces their, their false positive rate. Exactly. And it actually makes it more easy for them to know that you're somebody who's easy to scam. Yeah. They don't want to trick us. Right. So they don't want to trick the people that listen to this show because at, at you know, our BS flag is just going to go off a little bit later. They want our BS flag to go off immediately. So that anybody who doesn't go off immediately, they know that they can scam. That's kind of the short version of the of the article. Yeah, Are and people still getting scammed all over the place. Is yeah, this, it's, it's still going around, and there's still people getting hit. Yeah, my grandfather recently uh, paid some money. So, oh. <laughs> yeah, luckily, I mean, it was like it was some. I don't know if it was a pop up. It was something came up, and it said, "Oh, your computer's infected. You know, oh. please pay us X number of dollars." And he paid like eighty bucks or something. Here's what I say is any family member listening to this show or friend or not friend, you can email me james at xamarin.com. And if you have a question about paying somebody money, I'll let you know. My mom runs the same thing through. I eventually just bought her a Chromebook um, because she had like this old Windows XP machine. I was like, I could get her a new one. I could do this. I was like. She just yeah, but you can still me. put, I mean, you can still put yeah. in your credit card number. Well, that's what I'm saying though. It's like, it's at least a little bit less, but she'll, she'll, she'll do the same thing is she at least tweet. She'll tweet at me. That's how she caught my mom contacts me. She'll direct message me. And she's like, <laughs> should I pay this person X amount? I'm like, no, don't know. Why would you do that? She's like, well, I clicked on this thing. And I, so that happened maybe like a year ago or so. So I do yeah. remember it happening, but just let us know. And, and I think. If you know someone trusted in your family that knows anything about tech, just ask them first before entering credit card information or buying an airplane ticket yeah. or anything like that. Because, you know, it's kind of confusing when you go onto like a price line or something like that. There's all these ads. And I could imagine someone coming in fresh like my my mom or my grandparents trying to like book a ticket online. Yeah. For us, like we've been doing it forever. Like, oh, yeah, just go to AlaskaAirlines.com and buy a ticket. But if you don't know, like you see all these ads on TV for like like Priceline and all this stuff, but yeah. then you go to that site and then there's all these other ads and then yeah. it like trickles down a, a rabbit hole, if you will. So that could be really tricky. So um, when in doubt, just contact your loved one that sits on a computer all day and types yeah. code. Yeah, you're right, though. We're a little bit susceptible to this as well. I mean, go try to download paint.net. Like, <laughs> you know, any techie who hasn't done it before, like they're going to click on the wrong stuff. You oh, know, the now- worst like when you go to the download.com thing, whoa, package incoming. Um, yeah. Carl just got a package in case. No, I, yeah, I think I think that's uh, an MS Dev Show package. So <laughs> that'd be amazing. That's why it's relevant. It, it actually no, is. No, it is. No, it is. <laughs> I'm telling I, you. Keep on going. I'll open. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. If for anybody who doesn't have the the video feed. Just got boom. Well, anyway, I to talk about now, but yeah, just you know, I yeah. think that's what's uh, what's interesting about the, the, the folks out there. Yeah. <laughs> this has to be wonderful for the audio listeners now. <laughs> this is Carl opening a package. But for anybody on video, they're going to want to see this. So, 
So we are actually looking at ordering new MSW oh, mugs, mugs and we, we got a sample. Oh, so the sample this, doesn't have our logo on it? No, of course not. You got to oh, pay for the logo. So I, I wanted to make sure. So this is a giant 18-ounce mug that is actually pretty sweet. I think we're definitely going to go with this. I like the color inside, nice outside. What's the finish? Is that a matte finish? It's a matte finish on the outside oh, and glossy on the inside. It feels good. Like it's it's, like it's heavy. This one's from CB2. This one says, damn good coffee. But that one's a good looking mug. I like the style of it. It's not... It's modern. Um, modern. <laughs> modern, but not too modern, but not too old school. Yeah. It looks like it could hold some good coffee. If everyone, anyone knows me, I'm a coffee snob. So good coffee cup would be great to add, you know, one of those MS Dev shows for all of your guests. Yeah, well, we have some existing. Actually, I think we only have two, but we only have two in existence. No, you'll get you'll get all the swag. Don't worry, man. Um, and that's all the time we have for today's show. <laughs> no, 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 let's 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 kind of cruise through these uh, these last news items here because uh, I want to get to talking about Xamarin. Uh, so this one, real quick, I think I can just summarize real quick. So Buffer is laying off. Uh, I want to say ten people, but what's amazing, what I love about this company is they are just transparent like no matter what so they they're the company that publishes all their salaries and for this they're just like here's exactly what's going on here's why we're letting them go here's how much the money we're saving mm-hmm. and here are the other things that we're cutting um so that we can get the the company back on track but i mean they just they do they are like this is a crazy crazy long blog post with like every detail about what they're doing and why so i, I commend them for their transparency um i don't know if there's any other comments otherwise we can move on that's okay, cool. Well, I don't know if they had to, but that's cool. No, they don't. Yeah, they don't have to. Yeah. You mean have to lay off people or have to be transparent? I mean, I mean, I think it's good. I mean, I think it's interesting. Yeah. You know, it depends on who you're winning. Like, who are you trying to win over? Because we'll obviously talk about it, and that's good. Um, which is interesting. It's sad that you're going to lay off people, and then it's kind of this longer well, post. But at least they're going to like turn around, which is it's interesting to see. I mean, they, they even have their monthly recurring revenue, which is quite intriguing too most companies aren't very uh public obviously unless you're public yeah. um so yeah it's interesting i'm more excited for the next post yeah no i like <laughs> that they're i like that they're really just pushing the they just push the envelope on on all yeah. on, on the transparency front so i commend them for that i mean the salary information is a little iffy because now the people that were laid off like now they come over to Microsoft and, you know, HR doesn't have to say, oh, well, you know, what are you looking for? They can just be like, oh, I see that you were making, you know, this amount of money. And then the other thing is, I mean, they're just, this companies open themselves up to criticism. So, you know, reading some of the comments, most of them were positive, like, thank you for being transparent. But one one was like, hey, you have a tech support person uh, or happiness hero or whatever. They, they have some funny name for it in um, like Kentucky or something where the cost of living is relatively low, but they're making $80,000. Yeah, they're like, uh, you need to get rid of them and hire somebody cheaper, you know? So it's like, you know, you open yourselves up to criticism and there, you know, there's way more to that story. Yeah. Like they're not there. You don't know what's going on there. I mean, that person could, you know, I'm guessing is, is worth it. But, yeah. And um, also, you know, that's what happens when you do, when you have comments open on a thread like that, you know, or it's yeah. going to get posted on Reddit, it's going to go somewhere else. And yep. anytime you do anything on the internet, now you're susceptible to the internet. So um, I mean, they knew what they were doing, which I think was cool. So, uh, but I, it'd be good to see like, you know, positive. It's sad. It's, there's, there's positive that they're transparent, sad that they're going to get, uh, you know, people yeah. are going to get laid off, but, um, it's, it's interesting to see if other companies follow suit, not necessarily like whenever someone has to be laid off tell like, Oh, we laid off, you know? Yeah. yeah with like the exact names and yeah, that's a little bit, that's a little bit too much, but yeah. Okay. So Xbox one S pre-ordered so, it. Boom. Awesome. All so, right. 
So there's Pre-order. actually so there so there's there's actually two there's actually two things going on here, right? And and I don't know which is which, but the so the Xbox One S is like the smaller version, right? It's like forty percent of the original size. And then the other big thing that I I don't think was really like showed off enough was that it doesn't have like the the mega brick anymore. Like that's built in. Yeah. So you know I think if you figure that in, like it's even you know less than forty percent of the original size. So very significant. Um, Carl was quick to point out that you can customize your, they have customizable controllers, which is really cool. Um, and then I don't know if there's anything else you want to mention, cause I want to mention the, uh, is it Xbox one Scorpio? Yes. That's yeah, the so VR one uh, with higher specs coming out next year. Yeah. It's yeah, like the next gen current gen. Yeah, exactly. Right? So Xbox one S right. I'm a big gamer. So Xbox one S like I, ha- I was an Xbox one. I have an Xbox one that I'm ready to unpack. I immediately jumped on this one. It's smaller. It's 4K ready. I don't have a 4K TV, so it doesn't really matter, but it is 4K ready. My assumption is that they're going to probably hopefully put a a faster hard drive in it. It's a two terabyte hard drive standard. The Mm -hmm. connect is gone. If you have a connect, you can get a USB adapter for free from Microsoft. 40% smaller, which I'm assuming means that it's less power hungry because that power brick was so big. Yeah. Um, previously, so this is like in, in your entertainment console, that's a big deal. It can be vertical if you want it to be. The new controller also is Bluetooth. This is a big deal, actually, if you're a PC gamer. Uh, yeah. Because what came out of E3, I'm a big E3 person. I, I live tweet a lot of what's going on. But the, these new Bluetooth controllers can be paired with your PC or laptop and paired with the Xbox um, app and also Steam. I'm not sure if they're going to do it on Steam, but they're doing if you buy a game on Xbox digitally, you also get it on the PC. So if you buy Halo Wars 2, you also get it on the PC and then you can use the same controller, which is the same controller that'll be wireless. So um, that, that can be awesome. customizable. There's a lot of stuff packed in here, which is very cool. I'm super excited about it. I don't use my Kinect anymore, uh, so I, I want to get rid of it anyways. But the two terabyte hard drive is big. That's what they're going to release originally. There's going to be a 500 gig and a one terabyte coming out for Christmas, which will be your holiday models at 299, 349, yep. and 399. So it's 399 coming out. I already pre-ordered it. I have it on Amazon because they have a guaranteed same day delivery. Um, I was going to do it on the Microsoft Store, but it's free delivery, but not guaranteed same day. And I, I want it same day. <laughs> um, so, uh, but anyways, so that's Xbox One S, which I think is super cool. It's there. It's like if you already have an Xbox One. You know, all your games are going to play on Xbox One S. Mm-hmm. So that's fine. So like you don't it's not an upgrade. And and this is interesting because it's setting a precedent for hardware upgrades. Like I already do it with my 3DS. Like Nintendo comes out with something. I just buy it. Like just whatever. Mm. I'm just going to give you like <laughs> everything in Nintendo. Just, I'm going to give you all my money. They should, have like a sub, they should have a subscription service, really. <laughs> I mean, I would I would I would sign up immediately. Yeah. So Scorpio, I think, is what's also interesting because it's the next gen but current gen, which will also play all of the old games. And yeah. any game that works on the Scorpio will also work on the Xbox One and One S. Yeah. And that's kind of what Carl was saying. Yeah. Which is which is really cool because I think it'll be super powerful. I think, you know, the 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 big news for for kind of the, the masses is really the low price too. I mean the Xbox One price drop. I think it's like two seventy nine now. And then this one starts at uh two ninety nine, which makes it really accessible at this point. Yeah, I mean, there's no reason not to go, and it's a, it's the so even if you get the 399 one, which is the one that's coming out in August. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you think of it, I mean, I was about to go buy a 1080X or whatever that graphics card that, that they just put out. All the like, yeah, the Nvidia one, which is like 700. dollars Like the new the new Scorpio, which that's like a year and a half off, so like a yeah. future future, right? But even this Xbox One, I mean, it's amazing a piece of hardware that you're buying for 400. dollars and then even the Scorpio, which is going to have like six teraflops of, I don't even, some magical yeah. number that they'll throw out. And you're like, oh, that sounds great. Like, I'll take more teraflops. Um, 
which I think is cool. <laughs> so I think that's the VR one is what they're waiting with. I think most people were kind of upset because they didn't talk about VR, um, but they did with Scorpio. But I think it was a little bit too early to announce. That was my yeah. that's my personal now, opinion as a gamer. But now, but, correct me if I'm wrong. Th- this is what's confusing to me. So you know this 4K support. I swear that the Xbox One was advertised as having 4K support. No, no, no. absolutely not. <sighs> I'm no, telling no, you. I'm telling you. I'm gonna. No, I'm gonna no, have to go look. Yeah, because I, I I remember it was I, maybe it was the like the original announcement. It, it I was just like, hey, this thing. I remember talking about it supporting 4K. So um, I'm really confused. Unless it was 4K pass through or something. I don't know. Oh, it could be 4K pass through, right? Yeah, maybe TV. that's where I got it but, from. But what 4K what 4K content do you have? That's the question. Like I don't. This will be this will yeah. be the cheapest well, 4K Blu-ray Netflix, player on the market. Is, yeah, yeah. Like that's what this will be. It'll be the yeah. the cheapest. 4k blu-ray player which is amazing i want to have a blu-ray i want to have a 4k tv yet but like here's my thought and i want to get your guys' thoughts on this i've been listening to a lot about the xbox i think carl's really into this is that are, are our consoles just becoming pcs because if you think about how developers create games for pcs you have to optimize for these crazy 1080 you know uh yeah. x nvidia cards but then you also have to worry about the person that just is running on my you know my my, my surface book or my surface pro right mm-hmm. you're, you're adjusting so the question is 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 there going to be some magic that Microsoft's doing in their SDK to just be like, you know, it'll auto detect. Like if you're on a Scorpio, use all these crazy, you know, you know, 1080p, 4K res stuff else, like tear it down. So you're either going to get like yeah. 60 frames per second or 30 frames per second. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that's I think that started whenever the x86 processors came into mm-hmm. these consoles, you know, the current gen consoles. So, you know, I it is, you know, basically the same code you know, across all those devices. So, um, yeah, I mean, I, I think, I think it's just, it's just that it's, it's a, it's a specific target. Like, you know, this thing has a controller, um, which I guess isn't that, you know, I guess it's not even different than the PC now, but, um, it's just really like, this is sort of our reference hardware. Let's hyper optimize for this particular configuration. And we ha- just happen to have a couple of those specific configurations. So I think you're, to- uh, you're totally right there. I'm super excited. Yeah. Anyway, okay. So one more news item. <laughs> this Sorry, one we, we have... get super excited about games. You got me all yeah, excited. Yeah. Well, this is the complete opposite. So Microsoft to acquire LinkedIn, and I think I think James, this is this is just because of us, because you and I remember I was working on that app to pull in LinkedIn data, and I was complaining about the LinkedIn API, and a couple days later, you know, my buddy Satya. He uh, bought LinkedIn for me. <laughs> yeah, he was like, I'll make this easier for you, Jason. Done. Yeah, so he bought him for $26 billion, and uh, now I should be able to integrate uh, my app in there a little bit better. Yeah, it only costs you $196 per yeah. share. All so I don't cash know. transaction. Yeah, so I don't really think it's worth diving into this at this point because, you know, I, we're just kind of all guessing at strategy here. I mean, there's Microsoft has, you know, really cool stuff in the like the Dynamics platform. Um, there's a lot of different software platforms within Microsoft where, um, there would be interesting opportunities for integration. And at this point, you know, just be interested to see what the actual execution is. Yeah, I thought it's, it was, it didn't surprise me actually. Mm-hmm. Um, when I, I actually thought that we, that, that we Microsoft, they were, they were already part of our ecosystem. Yeah. <laughs> so that, actually, I, I swear, I'm not even joking. I'm like, Oh, and I saw the announcement. I was like, yeah, weren't they already part of Microsoft? <laughs> so. Oh, and actually now that, now that you mention it too. I think what's cool about this too is is LinkedIn had bought uh, Lynda.com mm-hmm. and uh, I think it's SlideShare. Uh, oh, that's right. They have SlideShare. Yeah. yeah. So now Microsoft owns those properties as well, which is kind of interesting. So back to the Xbox, Carl just he pasted in a picture. So um, the the customized MS Dev Show uh, Xbox controller. 
So are we? So when can we order those, Carl? Um, I don't know if you can order them exactly right now, but uh, it's going to be in the community gallery. We'll have a link to it. Okay. So if anybody does want one, they can uh, get an. Ex- That'll an have to be some kind of super one. special prize, but we should we should get some of those for real. <laughs> Maybe the next swag bag. Yeah. Okay. Well, let's let's talk about Xamarin because that's why we're all here, right? What is going on with Xamarin? You know, yeah. the last time you guys had me on MS Dev Show, you've been trying to get me back, which is kind of which is kind of awesome, and I appreciate that. You guys are yeah. always amazing, and uh, it's been a lot. So, the last time I was on was about a year. Carl confirmed that it was about a year, I think now, and we've had some really big announcements. I mean, I think that I don't think we want to go back too too far. Essentially, no. I think when if if you were to go back to our old show, a lot of the same principles of of how you build applications with Xamarin, the differential is that you know you're building purely native applications with C sharp. Um, I think, you know, I always like to pull out, point out what Xamarin is. So if you don't know what Xamarin is, so we'll, just, we'll start there. If you don't know what Xamarin is, we're a platform that enables any C-sharp, F-sharp, or VB.net, any .NET developer to craft beautiful native iOS, Android, Mac, and Windows applications all in their language of their choosing and share a huge amount of code across mm-hmm. all of those platforms. And then we let you build out beautiful native user interfaces in each of them inside of Visual Studio. Now, if you don't want to craft every single separate user interface, which has a lot of advantages because you get every single UI widget, you get access to yep. every single API and if, in the platform. If you have the resources and you you really want to have like an amazing first class experience in every device, go right ahead. That's fine. Go for it. Yeah. Else we have Xamarin Forms, which is a cross-platform abstraction of all of the common controls between iOS, Android, and Windows 10, which is really cool. I mean, I think that, you know, we were talking last time, Xamarin Forms 2.0 wasn't even out um, at that time. Obviously, we weren't even acquired at that time. A lot of things have changed. So there's been a lot of changes in Xamarin Forms, which is, is a huge for me. We've made some really great reference applications, things that were demoed at not only just Build, but also Evolve, our conference, which is really fun uh, to just actually have this beautiful reference application that anyone can take. Um, there's two of them. There's one called my driving, which mm-hmm. is on the Azure samples GitHub. I built that along with Mike James from our evangelism team here at Xamarin and Pierce Bogan and a few awesome developers at Microsoft. And that's an IOT machine learning application that yeah. you plug in o, uh, an OBD device to, into your car to turn your yep. car into a smart car, connect it to your iOS, Android or windows device. And it reads all that data and it tracks you like an Uber, like around the city. And then it analyzes with machine learning how well you're driving, and then you can play back all of it, and you get statistical analysis. And that was a traditional app, so building the different screens out. And, then and, those, for and those samples, by the way, I mean, those, those reference applications, it's just awesome having those because it's like, <laughs> I get I get James in my app, basically. I get, <laughs> you know, because it was funny. We were, when I was working on this uh, this app for for getting information about meetings and then tapping into, into LinkedIn, you know, we were having, we were doing everything wrong. We were just like writing horrible code. And then, you know, of course it was broken. I said, James, please help me. He comes <laughs> over and he's move, you know, and then, you know, like James was like injected into my code and then it was just, it was magical and everything worked. Um, so, you know, for those of you that, you know, can't just yell out James's name and have him appear, um, the reference apps are a great way to, to get that. Yeah. And we already had a bunch of pre-built apps at Xamarin.com slash pre-built. Yeah. But they're all Xamarin Forms apps, um, and we really wanted to showcase a beautiful traditional app building the screens out separately so that the My Driving app's really good because you're doing a lot of map. It's a lot of drawing on a map and customization really yeah. tying in. But that app shared 70% of code, which was really cool. And then I built the Xamarin Evolve conference application, 
uh, which shared 90 to 99% of code. And that was Xamarin Forms. And That's was, awesome. People didn't even know it was Xamarin Forms. That's how good Xamarin Forms <laughs> is. Uh, and of course, I know the different um, platforms really intensely because uh, I've been building cross-platform apps with Xamarin for the last five years. So I started in 2011 building apps at a startup out here in Kirkland. Then I joined Xamarin three years ago as an evangelist, and now I'm at Microsoft kind of continuing on and showing people and developers how to build these great apps. So I think what, you know, when we were talking about, what, do, what James, what do you want to talk about? Well, I think what's, to me, what's important is like, what has changed mm -hmm. since the last show? Well, one, um, we're now part of Microsoft, which I think is pretty great. Uh, this is a yep. huge announcement finalized around build time. And I think... When I talk to developers for years, even when I talk to, to last time you guys on the on the podcast, it's there's there was this um, barrier of entry. Mm -hmm. So you say I'm a C sharp developer, so this is great because I now could leverage all of this code. And I think one thing that people don't that people forget about Xamarin is like I'm writing everything in C sharp. Well, you're writing everything in C sharp, but you have this amazing library called .NET available, and Xamarin enables that. Like when you yep. think of other cross platform languages. They're not really giving you this cross-platform like abstraction thing, or whatever. Like they're they're doing this thing, and you're just kind of writing some JavaScript or whatever, and yeah. you're limited to that. Like you have .NET, like you have this amazing yeah, like, library. Try try parsing yeah. JSON in Objective C, and you know, I just I ran screaming out of the room. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You just use JSON.NET, and like you're done. I know, you know? exactly, exactly. So there's that, and I think um, the barrier of entry for anyone, if you're an indie dev. You you were probably you were okay if you're just like I'm on a Mac. It's 25 bucks a month. I just want to do work. But if you're a Visual Studio developer, you're like I want to do that, and that's in the business subscription and blah blah blah, right? Or I'm in a I'm in a company. I have 100 developers, and you buy all these subscriptions. So we were a company. We were a company. We we're a startup. And we were, had to make money. It made sense. You got to charge for your products that you're working so hard on. Mm -hmm. Microsoft acquired us. Two big things happened. I'm holding up two two. So two things as before. <laughs> two, two, big, two big things happened. Um, one is that it's in, just included in Visual Studio, mm -hmm. okay, including the Community Edition. So it's free. That's what that means. Uh, I never like to say, like, I never like to belittle Xamarin that this is free, but at the end of the day, I'm like, it's free. Just go build beautiful apps, right? Mm -hmm. So Community Edition, when did, we, when did we announce Community Edition, Jason? Like two years ago now? Oh, at least a year ago. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, so, so a lot of people ask me, what does, what does that mean? What does community edition mean? Like, what what could I possibly get out of that? Yeah. So it, it's for small teams, students, OSS, small teams. This means if you're an individual or you're an organization under five individuals that would be using the software concurrently to develop and test your applications. Okay. So five <laughs> under five developers or yeah. or. Are we and now are we talking about the are we talking about Visual Studio community or Xamarin community at this point? They're the same. So okay. that was another question. Okay. Just the same. They're just the same. Visual Studio community has verbiage in it that literally says Xamarin Studio or Visual Studio. I gotcha. Okay. Yeah. So there's a community edition of Xamarin Studio, which is the same. So if you yeah. have Visual Studio, you have Xamarin Studio. If you have Xamarin Studio, you have Visual Studio. So I was actually using it illegally because whenever we were developing, I, I'm just like, I, I don't know what to download. So I just downloaded the community edition of Xamarin and I was up and running. Yeah, you're fine. Just yeah. do that. And then eventually like, when you actually want to release stuff, you know, you should see. But it, then it says, like, if you're an organization, enterprise, and if you have more than 250 computers or make more than a million dollars in annual revenues. Right. So if you're if you're anything under that, then you get the community edition completely for free to develop yeah. for. 
And everything's feature rich, right? We used to have this free tier and whatever. No, Visual Studio, Xamarin Studio, iOS, Android, it's really fully rich. There's no, no I didn't, I didn't, there was nothing I ran into that you see missing. No, there's literally nothing. We have this whole breakdown of like what is in the different tiers. And the only big difference is that um, like pro and community are nearly identical. You get a little bit, um, we have this new Xamarin University on demand. Yeah. So Xamarin University is our live and inter interactive instructors, um, but you can actually just go and do on-demand learning, just like um, watch a oh, video. Oh, that's take, included too now, huh? That's included. And oh, if you, so, that's if you have, cool. so let's say you pay for Visual Studio. Well, so really, we're, t we're generally we're talking about MSDN, right? Because that's what mm -hmm. people are going to pay for. You know, most people that listen to this show probably have an MSDN account. So you probably already are now are licensed for Xamarin. I think that's probably the short version, right? It is. Yeah, exactly. If you have yeah. MSDN and Pro, you get technical support. That's the biggest win. You get a little bit more Xamarin University. If you have Enterprise, you get a few additional discounts if you want Test Cloud. And then there's a few oh. other uh, preview and um, interesting features like bytecode hiding, live app inspection, profiling, and test recorder features. Stuff okay. that if you're a you know an indie or developer, you probably may not be using anyways. Um, but everything else, like unlimited app size, there's no revenue sharing. You don't pay us anything, right? There's, you never pay us anything. You just go build yeah. beautiful apps in C Sharp and just do it. It's free. Infragistics, Ultimate UX and UI Tools, and Enterprise Mobility Solutions, SharePlus and Report Plus, enable high-performance apps on any device, faster data insights, simplified collaboration, and market-leading security, all backed by comprehensive support. With Infragistics Ultimate UX and UI Development Toolkit, you can ensure mission-critical applications delivering a superior user experience on the desktop, web, and native device environments for iOS and Android. With the latest BI tools, wow your users with dashboards providing the data insights that they need when and where they need it, all at a low total cost of ownership. Try it today. Download a free trial at infragistics.com and follow them for the latest updates in UX and UI development, reporting, and collaboration at Infragistics on Twitter. And remember, each week, if we pick your comment on the show, you will get a free copy of Infragistics Ultimate UX and UI toolset. That's awesome. No. Yeah, because there were, so in my experience, working with large companies, there were two blockers for Xamarin. Mm. So the first one was cost, yep. which I thought was stupid because it was still cheap compared to, you know, trying to go down a different path. And then the second one was, well, it's not Microsoft. Well, <laughs> both of those have been fixed now. Yeah, and that was, it was, it was interesting because I think that uh, even a lot of startups, they base their startup on other startups. So it's like chains of startups together. And for some companies and for even some developers that that just like checkbox that nod of approval like yes we approve even though we've had this beautiful relationship and partnership with microsoft yeah. for so long just that extra like all right cool we're in yeah and i think when you look at the community or the indie developers that are out there one thing that we were missing was that a lot of xamarin was open source but it wasn't all open source so when you start to look at all of these other frameworks that are being built in the open People want to contribute when we open when when we open source.net. So we as in Microsoft open source.net and the Roslyn compiler, like these are huge monumental shifts in how Microsoft looks at open source. And you we're huge open source contributors. So what we did at Evolve, we announced that bill, but what we did at um, Evolve, our conference um, in April, is if you go to open.xamarin.com, mm -hmm. you can find 
every single thing that is open source, so our iOS, Android, our mono, Xamarin Forms, there's roadmaps of the products that you can contribute to, give your feedback in. What's really cool about our mono being embeddable now, it's open source. Like there was always mono, but then we had our mono, like it was special. It had .NET 4.5, <laughs> had all these C Sharp 5 and 6 features. <laughs> you can now take our mono and embed it in anything you want. So if you're creating a game engine, and even on the Unity blog, when we announced this, they said that they literally said on their blog that they would be integrating these new things. That means all the Unity developers are going to be using the latest bits and all the cool C-sharp 6 features. Let's say you're creating some embeddable hardware and you want to run .NET on it. Take yeah. our mono, shove it on there, right? It's all yep. open source, everything. In fact, someone has already built the very first outside, like no one outside of Xamarin's ever done this that we know of. Mm -hmm. They built a Xamarin Android application, the APK to ship to the store on a Linux machine. Like they just took oh. the tools and they did it. You know, there's okay. no IDE, <laughs> there's nothing like that, you know, but they just did it. They ran the command lines and <laughs> it's all there. And, and uh, our John P, our John Pryor, our, our kind of one of the, the heads of our Xamarin Android, like he tweeted about it and he's like, I think you're the very first person outside of Xamarin to ever do it because you can do it now. So I think yeah. these are two huge fundamental shifts that is super important to know. I still talk to developers that they don't know about this. They don't know that Xamarin's free because they've maybe evaluated it a year ago. Um, or a year and a half ago, and they're like, oh, the price of this and that, even though they loved it. A lot of developers I talk to when you're talking these, there's these barriers as people love the product. They just want to build these great apps because they're purely native. We're not, we're not, um, you know, transpiling anything. We're not, um, run, we're not running, you know, a web browser or anything like that. They're fully native applications at the end of the day. And that's why I fell in love with the platform is it's using Visual Studio and it just worked. And yeah. Great you're app. picking all the best tools. You're picking, you know, the uh, a really nice IDE. Yep. You're picking a really nice language and framework, and then you know you're not you're not paying the price for any of that. Yeah, and you know we even we even aligned just recently two big shifts in our product. One was Xamarin Studio on the Mac just reached 6.0, which is powered by Roslyn, which means you, you get the same IntelliSense mm. and all the features. There's That's a dark cool. theme now on the Mac. So if yep. you're on a Mac, so if you're developing, if you're on a Mac, you're using Xamarin Studio. If you're on a PC, you're using Visual Studio. I think Xamarin Studio is some hidden link somewhere that you can get on the PC, but don't use that. Just use Visual Studio because it has iOS and Android and all the bits that you want yeah. and it's free. Um, but and then we even brought together our MS builds, everything. So literally everything is super in sync. I mean, having Roslyn means that you get a very similar experience. So all of that Roslyn, there's like 300 or 400 different IntelliSense checks, the refactoring, everything like that is all that goodness is there. That's awesome. But my big win in my in my mission for in my mission for 2016 is never leave my PC, never leave Visual Studio. Is yeah. in preview today. You can use this with the stable channel is you can use our iOS simulator for Windows. Mm -hmm. Which means that you click you can never do this before. This like blows my mind. You click debug. <laughs> you have an iOS project, whether it's Xamarin Forms or traditional, you hit debug, you pick an iPhone simulator and it shows up on your Windows PC. You can use the touch screen, you can pinch the zoom, you can use a surface pen, and like it's just there and everything is there. So you never have to go back to your Mac to actually um, do iOS development. So we so, so we should be uh, clear on that. Yeah, I was gonna say, is it does now does that go to the Mac to do that, or is that one just running on the PC? That's a great question. Okay. So that's the number one question we get. And Miguel was very clear in the keynote. He even said that you still need the Mac and you still need a Mac. Yeah. So you still need a Mac. All right. So if you're doing if you're doing Android development, let's start with Android and Windows development. Mm -hmm. Doing Android and Windows development, you can do it fully on a PC. Yeah. You don't need anything else. It can just be a PC. It could be a, 
a VM in Azure for all I care that you install this stuff on and you just remote into it. 100% good. And this is because obviously Microsoft ships all the SDKs, all the tooling for Visual Studio. Google ships all of the SDKs, all the development environment, everything that we need to integrate with on a PC. Mm-hmm. Apple's a little bit different. They have restrictions in their EULA first, but also they only ship you know a bunch of stuff on the actual Mac. So the Xcode, the simulators, everything like that, all the tooling is on a Mac. So to ensure that we align with EULAs, we don't break EULAs for not only us, but for developers that are using our product, if you're doing iOS development, you can still open a solution in Visual Studio. If I was to close my Mac right now, I could type a bunch of iOS code mm-hmm. and I could compile it, but I couldn't compile a binary that would be put on a simulator or a device. Okay. But for dev or, test, you're good. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Okay. Yeah, so well, which still- is a breakthrough, right? So so I, I just want to I want to be a hundred percent clear here because I honestly I just I want to be clear. Um <laughs> so if I'm if I just have a PC and I'm on an airplane with no Wi-Fi, I can be developing my app. And and then if I finish it, it's a long flight. I finish it. I can. I then need to use my Mac to actually create the binary to submit to the store, right? Correct. Yeah. Or to test it on a simulator. Yeah. yeah. So it's actually like so you could you could write all of your code, all of your logic, and if you're in Xamarin Forms, like you could probably just test it on Android and just assume that it's pretty much okay on iOS because it's the same UI. Yeah. It's kind of brilliant, actually. <laughs> but um, uh, when you think about it, but yeah, so you get off the airplane and you've written a bunch of code and it compiles everything like that. When you get off the plane, you you connect to a Mac and it's just an IP address. It's some Mac. It could be a Mac mini that costs four or $500. It could be a Mac in cloud. There's Mac Stadium, Mac in cloud.com. These are these services. Um, they're independent companies. I'm not associated nor endorsed by any of these companies. <laughs> um, just to be very clear <laughs> yeah. on that. I'm not getting money to, to do this, but I know a lot of developers that use them because they want to just try it out and they try it out for a week and they're like, oh, this actually works great. I just want, I'm just going to go buy a Mac then. You know, it's your yeah. gateway to get in. You pointed at an IP address. Now you're able to use our iOS designer in Visual Studio. You can use our simulator for Windows and then you can create the binary. Now, the only time that you'd actually have to go to your Mac is to submit that binary up to Apple. Right. You have to install Xamarin. Like you have to install the Xamarin bits and Xcode on the Mac. Like you got to do yeah. that once. But the only way to upload a binary to Apple, as far as I know, is to use their application uploader, which is this command line tool. Like over in Android and Windows world, we just drag and drop right into the browser. Not so much in iOS. It actually analyzes and does a lot of stuff on your machine to make sure you're not using a bunch of illegal APIs. And then it goes through other checks. But as far okay. as that goes, so people say, like, what should I buy? What, what James, what should I buy? Well, you know, if you have a PC, you're good. Uh, you could have a tower, you could have a laptop, anything. If you are just going to work on apps at work or at home, or just buy a Mac Mini, like uh, mm-hmm. literally just buy a Mac Mini, they're cheap. You just want to make sure that you can run the latest software from Apple. And that's kind of the biggest thing is make sure you're running the latest uh, software, like Al Capitan and then Sierra is coming out for Mac OS. So you probably want to make sure that your hardware is compatible. Yep. I'm running a Mac from 2013, so it's almost three years old now. It's totally fine. It's spec'd out. It's pretty good. Um, so you're probably pretty good. They're pretty good at uh, upgrading their hardware. Also, if you want to be portable, maybe a MacBook, not a MacBook Pro, just a MacBook. I developed all of my original iOS applications five years ago on a MacBook Air with a 1.6 gigahertz yeah. processor with four gigs of RAM. It was just fine. <laughs> you, you don't need anything super beefy. The yeah. more beefier you get is the faster it takes to compile for, you know, your, your normal compiles to put on a simulator, just JIT. So they're really fast. When you want to do it on a device, it does an AOT, 
So it takes a lot of time to crunch. And it's, it's, it's even worse and even longer when you do the full compilation of everything to actually bundle all of the different things. Like when you go to a device, it's going to optimize for that device. Then when it creates the final archive package, that's a little bit longer. So the beefier the machine, the faster it takes, the faster it builds. But the difference between a minute or two minutes, like when you're submitting it to the app store, is probably not bad. It's right, like a right. thousand bucks. But really to get started, just start playing around and at least start with just Windows and Android. And like you're going to get started there if you're just on a PC and then check out one of the other services. But um, I mean, it's really that easy to get started building apps. And the nice thing is if you're using Xamarin Forms, all the UI is in XAML and it's shared. It's a shared user interface. So w- once it looks good and it's working good on Android, there's really not much, not that much work besides a little bit of customization on iOS that you'd have to do because it, it's it's the same. It's the same UI. You know? Yeah. So so what is what is the state of of Xamarin Forms? So I, I think I I mean it's so first of all we're on we're on two point right. Yeah, two point two is the current oh, okay. stable as when, of today with two point three in. Okay. So when did Xamarin Forms two come out? So two came out um, in in the last November or December. Okay. Or so. Which, so that's probably the last one I used, other than uh, just a couple of weeks ago. I used the the latest. So what are the, what are the what are the biggest things? Like what what warranted a giant uh, you know new version? All right. So two introduced quite a lot of things. We introduced Windows ten UWP support. So we added a whole new platform. Awesome. Yeah. Which is really cool. Which um because we've always supported Windows Phone eight Silverlight and eight one RT for yeah. both phone. But what we did is we we did some significant updates around performance. And even though it's 2.0, a lot of developers are scared to update to 2.0, but we actually didn't introduce any breaking changes. Okay. Even though it seems like we would because it's a 2.0 release. <laughs> right. Think of it as more of a marketing 2.0 release. We yeah. did start deprecating a lot of things. Okay. Um, things that were unused that we've added. But essentially, we've done a few things. We added two important things into the overall app, and then specifically list views. So list views, we added a brand new flag called um, list view caching strategy. So a lot of apps are lists of data, and we wanted to ensure that we could optimize how lists of data are being um, done. So mm-hmm. we created this thing called recycle element, which ensures that as you're scrolling through, it's super hyper fast and you can reuse all the cells instead of creating new ones. But more importantly, what we added was XAML compilation, or as you'll hear, it's called XAML C. Now, traditionally, what would happen is you'd write the XAML and in Xamarin forms before 2.0, it would at runtime parse it and inflate it, which, which was fine because the files are pretty small to parse it and inflate. It doesn't really take that much time, mm-hmm. but the issues there is that you don't get, um, I mean, you still get IntelliSense as far as the IDE as you type, but you don't get any error checking uh, at all. So if you mistype okay. something, it's not, it's going to just explode your application, which is tricky and you don't want that. So we change it to compile time, which at compile time parses and turns your XAML into IL, and then okay. it just runs at runtime. This does a lot of things. It increases performance because it's essentially ahead of time compiled XAML. Yeah. It reduces the file size because, again, it's not unbundling the XAML. It's just like IL. Yeah. And then also you get error checking along the way. So if you mistype button, it just will tell you that which is very okay. nice. Yeah. There's other tools like ReSharper that would do that for you automatically, but I don't, I, I'm just plain vanilla, vanilla visual studio out of the box. I don't install anything else besides Xamarin. Um, so that's like a huge, huge important Im- improvement. In fact, I was doing a bunch of testing and I was doing AB testing uh, for the Xamarin Evolve conference app. And the first release I released to our hockey app testers, I had it off and everyone started complaining 
just about the session list, which is where they're spending a lot of time. Of course, yeah. like any developer, you can't see me on on audio, but imagine I'm taking my finger on an app and I just go up and down, right? That's what yeah. that's how people use apps is like they, super they fast, scroll yeah. up and down on a list. And they're like, it's a little laggy. So I go, okay, hold on. I'll send you guys another build in a day. I turned on XAML compilation and like they're like, this is amazing. The entire app just feels fresh and new. Um, so I did that <laughs> and, and it's like, it's, a, it's crazy. So we did that. I think it was really cool. But it's like, then we started expanding the API. So like that was kind of a 2.0 release. Yeah. But we also did something really big on Android, which was introduce app compat material design, which is a huge shift on how Android apps, the material design theming are involved. So that was really big fundamental shift because uh, you have to turn these features on. They're off by default. When you convert your application over to app compat, it's, that's the default now for file new project, but it changed your application to an activity first application to a fragment first application. If you're an Android developer, developer, you know um, that most Android applications an activity is like a full page and then you can have fragments inside of an activity. So like little things and there's every, every fragment has a life cycle and activity has a life cycle. So when you're on your Android desktop and you tap a button and you launch as an app, you've launched an activity and there could be fragments inside of there. So we changed to a fragment first approach, which does a world of difference um, when it comes to performance, but app compat material design brings a consistent theme of material design and material design controls and theming throughout your entire application. So it's a little bit of setup, but you can convert any app in under 10 minutes to do this. And it's well, well worth it because it's just really glorious. Um, So I think like those are the real big fundamental shifts in 2.0 that kind of warranted this big bump because for me as a Xamarin uh, developer, and if I'm using Xamarin forms by taking a day out of my work, time to just add some of these enhancements are going to do a world of difference for my application just in general very small like that. tweaks um, to it that you don't have to do much you know to turn on that list view optimization it's one property you set in the xaml that's it mm-hmm. super yeah, I'm, simple i'm looking at xamarin.com forms and you guys have gotten <clears throat> really good at um you know really explaining this showing the code behind it. And then also at the bottom, you know, which Xamarin approach is best, you know, Xamarin forms are doing, you know, essentially native like per platform, but sharing the, the backend C sharp code, like getting really good at, at explaining that. So the question I have though, is around, you know, Xamarin forms, uh, keeps getting better and better. Like, are we, are we to the point now where, I mean, are more than like 50% of developers now using Xamarin forms? I mean, if they're, or maybe just like when they're starting an application, because obviously we have a whole bunch out there, but like the people that are starting with Xamarin today, is there, is, is Xamarin form starting to win out or did that just not happen yet? I'm pretty sure it, it did a long time ago and okay. then it's, it's a lot nicer <laughs> that everything's a lot better now because it's a better first run okay. experience. Well, that's, I mean, that's good information uh, yeah. to have. Yeah. Awesome. Uh, I mean, I don't have statistical data analysis yeah. in a, in a power BI script that I'm running currently <laughs> uh, at all. That'd be We're very data driven. I need the data. Yeah. I, I have no, I'm a lonely developer evangelist. I don't get that sort of data, yeah. but when I talk to developers, you know, they usually go to file new project. This is what yeah. I do when I start a new thing. I go file new project. And inside of there, you're going to see Android, iOS, and cross-platform. So a lot of developers, they just go to cross-platform, and the first one that's in in there is Xamarin Forms. So you just click on the very first one you see, and it goes. And it sets up your uh, portable class library, all your iOS, Android, and Windows apps, things like that, which is kind of nice. I think we were talking a lot about this, and this is personal opinion, 
But Xamarin Forms at a place that I really think that 80%, if not 90% of applications, 80%, I'm going to say 80%, we'll be a little generous, 80%, 20% could yeah. totally use Xamarin Forms for almost everything they're doing. Because yeah. when I look at a company and you're building an application, you're maybe building a consumer application, one consumer app that you're launching to the store, but then maybe you have 50 internal applications, right? I mean, I, when you look even at like Microsoft, I went and I'm downloading some of our internal app stuff that we have. Like we have tons of things to optimize for the business load that we're doing. If you look at a company like Alaska Airlines that I fly, they have one app on the app store. It's of course their premier flagship consumer app, but they're becoming a mobile only company. They don't want to have any laptops, PCs, anything like that. They want to have just iOS, Android and Windows tablet devices with all these apps on it. They want to be a mobile only company. So you're building all these apps. So maybe you're, if you're building, um, a lot of people say, well, Xamarin Forms is only good for prototyping. Well, I say, go look at my Xamarin Evolve conference application. Yeah, I think which, that's the best, uh, <laughs> best evidence. Which, uh, which I built in just uh, four weeks um, in my spare and it's time. Beautiful. And, and yeah, it's beautiful. It's beautiful. And I took a lot of time to customize a few things, but even if I didn't, it still would look really great. It adds all these native features like calendar integration, barcode scanning, uh, URL navigation with app indexing, all these really great features. And it's sharing 90 to 99% of code. And it even looks great on Windows 10 uh, at the same time. So it looks great on all these platforms. Take a look at that application. And I think that it'll change your mind. I released that application to internally to all of our Xamarin's. Mm -hmm. And I know that I was successful because no one knew what I built it with. They're like, is it forms or is it traditional? Like, how yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> when, you, when you don't know, when you can't tell, that means I did a great job. Yeah. Um, um, building the application, that also just proves that the platform and Xamarin Forms itself, that framework has gotten so good because it's building on top of, of it. Now, I really think that 80% of apps could be built with Xamarin Forms because it, it's really, really super powerful. We've added data templates. We have a, a previewer. We've handled... Um, URL navigation, we have themes, we have data page, we have all these really great things that we're adding on to it. And even uh, things like effects, um, um, we've always been able to customize controls with custom renderers, but effects are like a, a mini um, custom renderer that lets you light up a control in just a few lines of code. So if you need to customize it a little bit, it's really cool. But if you're building an application, so when shouldn't you use Xamarin Forms? That's the question I always get. When shouldn't I use it? Mm -hmm. Well, I'll tell you exactly when you shouldn't use it today, as of this recording on June right? June 2016. So right now, there's some controls that don't exist in Xamarin Forms, such as a collection view or a grid view. So if you're building an application that has like, you want grids and rows of, of data that are scroll, right? We have a list view. We don't have a collection view with headers and columns and all this stuff. Like that would be a recycler view, a collection view, and I think a uh, hub, hub type control or whatever in Windows, whatever Windows 10, they change it to. That control doesn't exist. Doesn't mean you couldn't create it, but that would be a lot of work. So if you really want to do this very interactive, it's very, let's say, image intense. If your app's very image intense, like you're doing photography application, you're creating the next Instagram where you need to get down in like your application is really about that making, you know, making the screen great about putting filters and doing all this stuff. And it's all these images. You personally, as a developer, want to finely tune that experience of optimizing the bitmaps, optimizing the video and the compression that's coming in. And you're going to really want to get down to the bare metal of these. You want on Android, you really need to optimize the bitmaps. So if you're all of a sudden downloading five meg images, like your app's going to crash at some point because Xamarin Forms is like, I got an image, I'll download it, I'm good to go. It does. It's it's not going to do. There's just some libraries that can help out, but by default, it's just going to like I'm going to try to load this image. You know that could be an issue that you run into. Um, or if it's a really intense map application. 
Um, like, like for instance, the my driving application, we had this debate, should we use forms, not forms? And I said, let's go traditional because 70% of our application is maps. Like we're on a map, doing this map, doing this stuff, we're interacting. Let's make it traditional because wouldn't it be a great example, but 70% of our application would be a custom renderer. So it didn't make any sense. You know, you could do it in Xamarin Forms, but we'd be spending a lot of time trying to do it in Xamarin Forms. So look at what's available, see what's available from all of these great um, control vendors and partners that we have, like Infragistics, uh, Telerik, DevExpress, uh, Syncfusion, see what's available. And if, if those tools fit into your application, go there. Now, it doesn't mean if like if you're like, oh, this one thing doesn't exist, right? You have this one page. You can embed native controls. You can create custom renders. So if you have like one or two or three or four, it's not a big deal if your application's big. But I think as you're starting to go through this and you're analyzing your app, you know, I say always start with Xamarin Forms because one, if you architect your app in an MVVM way, like you can just move over your business logic. If you think about it, that business logic is the same. It's just the UI that's different. Mm -hmm. So you'll even see in the Evolve application, my user interface XAML is in a completely separate library than all of my models and view models. I just did that because I wanted to. I loosely coupled it, uh, which is kind of nice because I knew that I was always going to be Xamarin Forms, but I just wanted a kind of a cool architecture of loosely coupling it. So I think that that's kind of like the best advice that I could give. Um, but I really think that you know Xamarin Forms is super po powerful. Um, the performance is is really, really nice on it. But if you really want to get down and you're super optimizing, like on Android, right, you can do tons of stuff with intent filters and you can integrate with direct share and you can do like all this crazy stuff. Like maybe that should be a traditional app. But if you're doing line of business applications, crowd applications or anything that's even similar to the Evolve application or I think the Evolve application, I didn't even take Xamarin Forms to the limits, right? I think I maybe hit an 80 80% margin. Like I think you can yeah. do even more. I've seen some crazy things built with Xamarin Forms that I can't talk about. Um, even I think I think Jason may know some too. Yeah. <laughs> but there's some amazing crazy things that have been built with Xamarin Forms. So when people say, "Oh, it's only good for prototyping," like totally not, because I I built and shipped the Xamarin Evolve application, and that app, which was built with an Azure Mobile Apps backend, that app and the backend in in one month, well the the week and the week leading up, so two weeks, process one million requests to the Azure backend, one million requests to the backend, did online offline data synchronizations, a custom authentication. Um, that app um, to me is like this this spotlight because I obviously built it, but it's like a really great <laughs> proof of concept of what you can no, do it is. It and is. the cost. So that Azure people are like what is what is a million web requests to Azure cost? $35. That's, what it costs. <laughs> that's and a, awesome. And an S2 bucket, by the way. So mm -hmm. that's just yeah. fun facts for you. Um, and, and all that source code is available. I'm sure you guys will put it in the show notes. Uh, it's all on GitHub yeah. um, in general. But man, you know, I, I love Xamarin Forms when it came out. Uh, it's almost been two years now. I built the Hanselman application like overnight in a few hours that became the, the showcase um, for a while. And people just forked that and they build an app off of it because it kind of sets up your app for success in a way with MVVM. But um, it's so such a great time to be a .NET developer. I don't yeah. know. I mean, from I see what we're doing with ASP.NET, and then I see C Sharp and F Sharp advancing, like all these great features in Visual Studio and what's coming next, next in VS 15 um, and C Sharp 7. Like, it's such a great time that you just have all these tools available to you. And uh, jumping in has never been easier because it's all free. So. I love it. I don't know. I love Very it. Cool. Just, no, I'm, oh, I'm really, you oh. got me excited too. So <laughs> that, that's my job. I think is to get people excited about it. So yeah. if I did that, then that's good. So 
No, I'm excited to keep working on my on my app. So, and we have this big internal hack fest called One Week. So, if you want to join my team, <laughs> when is One Week? I, I always see banners for it when I'm around. Uh, I have no idea offhand. I think it's in July. I think it's toward the end of July. Okay. So I'll take a you'll probably you probably get requests from like 50 different teams. <laughs> probably. Well, it's in. What's really cool is we were doing some these little mini hackathons, and that I was kind of working with Jason on, and. Uh, there was this there was this team of I think just interns that were around and they were yeah. they were trying to figure out text to speech and all this stuff and I pointed them to my plugins. Uh, if you go to uh, xamarin.com slash plugins, you'll see all these. These are cross platform plugins. So they were diving in and they were do, starting to write all this iOS and Android code to do text to speech. I'm like, oh, just use this library I created and you can just say like in your shared code speak and it just like speaks and like what? <laughs> oh my goodness! That's how I can calendar all this. Stuff. Like all these plugins are great because you can just yeah. literally. Go and our team's been working hard, and the open source community's been working so hard. We have this amazing community of developers. I think that's what's so exciting is that you can do every, like you can do this stuff so quick, scaffold things up, really build something really cool. And they had an app running in just a few hours doing all this stuff. And then I, I showed at .NET Conf like cognitive services, like holy bananas, like we have like such amazing services available. Yeah, you can take advantage of it. It's really mind blowing, and you can just do it from shared code, like. That's the thing is like it, the code just works everywhere. I don't know. It's bananas. I love it. Yeah, I was just I was just talking about some Azure services and I pointed people toward Microsoft. <clears throat> it's Microsoft.com slash cognitive. Mm-hmm. And those APIs are just so freaking awesome. I mean, you send in okay. a photo. It can do OCR. It can figure out, you know, where people's faces are with all the coordinates um, and then give you like their emotional status. And uh, I, I love it, too, because, yeah, it was at the uh, VS Live. Like you, you wrote a little app and then you're sitting there like trying to do different emotions and getting it to trigger that and that was pretty funny my uh, my coworker pierce he just did a presentation on cognitive services at vsi boston yesterday uh and he showed a bunch of different examples but the one he said the one that he did was this um employee directory yeah but he's like and he describes it as if you're out like with that a meeting you could creepily take a photo of your colleague and it'll it'll look up their contact in the actual in your in your address book You'll yeah. do facial recognition to map it. So if you're at a meeting, you know who that is, or you're at a party or something, you like snap a photo, it'll pull up and do facial recognition. And then he did this. There's a whole recommendation engine that he did. <laughs> so he's a big gamer like me. And he goes, oh, you know, I bought Titanfall. And and you add it to your game collection. And it'll go through all of the Xbox One games that are available and give you recommendations and a number of how likely you are to like these other games based on all the properties like and he and he did this all in like a day it like blew my mind it was so cool <laughs> yeah they're so easy to use so actually i think what we'll do is we'll make that we'll make that my azure uh pick of the week and uh the the cognitive services and it's so easy to use but what's what's cool to uh, you know you go talking about the gal i think what i'm gonna do i'm gonna download like the entire microsoft gal and all the photos and i'm gonna run like the em- emotion on it and i'm gonna i'm gonna rank them so i'm gonna i'm gonna find the happiest person at microsoft the angriest person. <laughs> I think that would be that'd be amusing and not useful, but it'd be amusing. Well, you know what I want is that I want on a HoloLens. We mm-hmm. were talking about this. Whoever makes this app, the challenge, challenge, whoever is a HoloLens or the emulator. But what I want, Carl, I, Carl, so you, have, you don't have be, it there, do you, Carl? It's behind me. Oh, okay. Normally, Carl like just he pulls it out. Just pulls to, it out. What yeah. you want to do, Carl, is you want to use cognitive services, and as you're looking around, yeah. it should it should analyze in real time who the person is, but then put their name on top of them. 
yeah. because you could do this right with the gal you could you could be like all right here's here's everyone in my, yeah. my thing then you're walking around it's like avatars above your name and then it could even analyze or like that's what i want like that'd be so cool i don't i just get great tech demo in general yeah. and but. the last the last time that i saw them you know what their hobbies are i don't know oh, you know gives you like some topic suggestions to like things to talk to them about that'd be pretty fun because be- we all have those conversations right it's like uh hi james and you're like hi and then it's like you know finally something like you know, you have to get to that point where you have something in, you know, that you both want to talk about. So it's like, oh, I was using Xamarin Forms. You're like, oh, Xamarin Forms. And then it's like, yeah, totally. And then, you know, so it's like, yeah, you need that trigger. So, you know, whenever I see James, I should say, talk to him about Xamarin Forms. <laughs> <laughs> Very cool. So is there anything you can talk about, like um, things that are just around the corner that we can look forward to? Well, we just had like a really super big release. We call it um, Cycle 7. So our our releases, like we go into release candidate mode, and then they're called Cycle whatever. So we're on Cycle 7, which is our current stable release. Mm -hmm. Um, And that was really big, obviously, for the iOS simulator. We did a lot of things in Xamarin Android, Xamarin iOS to make your app smaller. So the future is now is what you're saying. The future is now. Download the latest stable releases. Try out the iOS simulator. Um, and Xamarin Studio, Xamarin Studio 6 just came out with that release. That's the biggest, biggest one. Um, and around the corner, I don't know. Um, I know stuff, but I can't say anything, obviously. <laughs> so, you know, I think that you're going to see uh, um, even better, tighter, more amazing integration, not only with Visual Studio, but with all the services that we want to use on a daily basis. Um, so, uh, you know, a lot of my job is interacting and talking to developers. What are their pain points? Um, even me, when I'm creating an app, what is my pain points? I sit down, I take notes of it. I want to make sure that uh, if it's a pain point for me or if it's a pain point for you, we're solving that. It's on a roadmap to fix, whether it's around templating or it's around setup or it's around installation and optimization. Uh, one thing that you'll see that we solved even uh, recently is Android emulators on uh, the Mac. Now we ship uh, the Haxum uh, Intel uh, x86 emulators from Google. They're really super fast, uh, and they're really optimized. Google fixed their emulators, which is really nice. On the PC, what I recommend is using currently the Visual Studio emulators from Microsoft. They're built on Hyper-V. Yep. Uh, if you need Hyper-V, if you don't need Hyper-V, and you're just like, I don't want Hyper-V enabled or anything like that, then check out installing the Haxum ones. We have some guidelines on setting up those from Google. They're really good. But if you want to run Hyper-V, right, like Haxum x86 is an emulation-type software, um, and it conflicts with Hyper-V, so you can only run one at a time, and you can run a command line to turn it on and off, obviously. But it depends like what your environment's set up, so I would say check those out, because the worst thing that you could do is like try to boot up Android, and then uh, you're sitting there for an hour while it's trying to spin up. So download the Hyper-V emulators are free from, from Microsoft. They're, when you install Visual Studio with Xamarin, it installs it anyways, but you should have it. You should be able to launch them. But around the corner, I just think you're just going to see amazing things from the community, now that everything's open source, you're going to see super great integration with everything that you know and love. Um, and I think with Xamarin Forms, uh, you're just going to see even better. I don't know. I, I can't talk about anything. But you're going to see, <laughs> you're going to see some really cool things. There's a lot of things in preview, too. Like we yeah. just released Carousel, Carousel View, Data Pages, Themes, and URL Navigation. 2.3 is going to come out. So that's going to be the next release. So if you're using Xamarin Forms, help us. You know, help us. We we do, they do um, releases and previews all the time and they're consistent. And, and I'm always jumping on them. 
and they do their best, their due diligence, not to do any breaking changes. But like, we need your feedback. We need an active community. So even if it's not your main application, maybe it's something you're toying around with. You're like, hey, I'm going to help help us create and help craft these great APIs and be vocal about what you want. I think that's what we're, you know, what we need is people to be vocal. Mm-hmm. It, not everything has to be great feedback. You can tell us what's wrong too or what you want to see. So if you want to see a feature, you want to see something, if you want something fixed, let us know and be adamant about it. Uh, don't be mean about it, but um, you know, <laughs> let us know and, and, and user voices are on our, our Bugzilla or, or our forums you know, where we're at and, and let us know what you want to see and our teams here um, listening. Like They read all this feedback and they start integrating on their timeline. You're not going to get it tomorrow but you're going to get it at some point, hopefully. So I think that's where a lot of our features come from is listening to our community and what they want. Yeah. Very cool. Any, anything else you wanted to ask Carl, anything on your uh, bucket list here? No, I think it sounds like he's got a lot of big uh, grins right now and meaning that we might have to have him back in a like month or two. <laughs> you yeah, never know. Exactly what time should we have you back? <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> you can always have me back on. It's always an honor or privilege on this side of the, of the Skype yeah. call. To be uh, well, hanging out with you guys, you guys have very, very nice microphones. So you can see, so they get they get to see your nice microphone. So here's my, this is my my blue Nessie. I highly recommend yep. it, which is very nice. It's a eighty or a hundred dollar microphone. Uh, it's quite lovely. So if you don't want these amazing setups that you guys have, this one's very nice. Uh, I highly recommend. I've, I'm a blue believer. <laughs> I have a lot of their microphones. Mm-hmm. I had the Yeti before this, and I had the Snowball before that. And this Nessie, not only does it look cool. But I can't. Let me see if I can touch it. But the whole head. So oh, that's okay. cool. So you can like adjust it to where you're at. So if you're doing audio or yeah. Something. Well, and that thing's far more portable than our stuff. Like we struggle with. Like how do we, <laughs> how do we go places with this? Yeah. So in, so anyway, uh, what do we have for the dev tip of the week, Carl? So jQuery three uh, final was released uh, a little over a week ago, and I, I know you guys obviously mentioned before you're not doing a whole lot of web development, but uh, jQuery is becoming smaller, reducing a lot of its uh, code to stay compatible with older browsers, and they even have options to make it even slimmer than that by shedding a lot of the stuff that you might not want to use. Uh, also, the jQuery.deferred is now 100% promises compatible, so I know that's really huge as well. So Yeah, I, I that was one question I had that I, I wasn't able to answer. You know, since it's promise, you know, there's also the, I use like the Q library for promises. Mm. So I assume that these things are like completely compatible now and it doesn't really matter which one I'm using. I don't know if, if you have the answer to that, but that, that, that's my guess at this point. Um, but yeah, you mentioned that there's a smaller version. So there's the, there's the jQuery slim, yes, which removes animations and the Ajax functionality. Um, so it's significantly smaller because those giant things are removed and many applications weren't using those. If you just want to get like the selectors and stuff like that, um, all the, all the stuff that jQuery was like, you know, what w- really made it take off, I think, um, is in that slim version, which is pretty cool. So I, I don't really, it's pretty rare that I use jQuery cause I'm using, usually using like a higher level, um, you know, application framework. But jQuery, like it still has its place, especially like if you're doing like a Grease Monkey or Tamper Monkey script or or if you are just trying to, you know, you're not you're doing stuff server side and you just want to do some really simple stuff on the client. This is I mean, it still has a place for sure. Okay, um, okay, we got let me pull out the card game here. You can do that. You're like, that was the tip of the week. <laughs> I, I always get yeah, you guys. I, I love it when you be like like little sound clips. That's what I want. Like Azure pick of the week. 
<laughs> yeah, yeah. And and I, I always like those radio stations where it's like Z one oh five five five, you know. <laughs> and then they would just do like, you know, like wacky sounds. But I, it seems like everybody goes away from that. So maybe it gets annoying after a while. I don't think maybe. so. I, I love it. Um wow, interesting. Okay, so I actually you gotta pick a number. I was about to read a question, but you gotta pick a number between one and four inclusive. Me? Yeah. Uh three. Three. That was not the one I was gonna read. Um, would you rather live in a world where nobody cleans up after their dog or where everybody, including you has to do it barehanded? Oh my goodness. Um, everyone has to, <laughs> well, I don't own a dog. So if you own a dog, it's your responsibility. Well, it's everybody, including you has to do it barehanded. Yeah. I don't know. Like if you don't have a dog, then I don't know. I mean, cause somebody else is already doing it barehanded. Well, so you, know. you also are required to have a dog. And, and everyone's required to have a dog. I don't, I don't, I don't think that, you know, so here's the thing is I, I, I would, I would rather live in a, in a world where if you're, if you're a pet owner, I'm not, but if you are, eventually I will be, I want to get, there's a, there's a big dog debate in our house. I want like a huge, um, uh, great Dane. Yeah. There's just, there's just two answers, James. I... There's a huge, there's a huge great Dane. That's a human essentially. Yeah. Um, and then I, See, oh I, yeah, I didn't, I didn't think of that though. Yeah. Like gigantic dog. You're like what, what is the dog, dog you're going to get? Okay. No, I have a dorky. Not, yeah. Not, I have know, a dorky. It's about four pounds. Yeah. But not that it makes like, no matter the size makes that actually <laughs> difference from what you're doing. But it I think if you're a, a pet owner, you have the responsibility to pick up after, after that little, little guy or gal that's running around. Um, I don't know. Sure. Just pick it up with your hands then go wash your hands immediately. Bring some sanitizer with you. Just go, go for it. I would rather, because the worst, here's what's going to happen is if everyone is no longer picking up after their animal, then here's what's going to happen is you're going to walk down the street and then you're going to step in some stuff. Like everyone's going to be stepping in the dog stuff everywhere. Um, and that's not good for anybody. It's going to, it's going to smell not great. Okay. Okay. Um, especially if you live in a city, right? Where there's not a lot of grass. Like if you lived in the middle of, um, Montana, uh, Montana, let's say, yeah. um, or any, any Midwestern state, I grew up in, you know, the suburbs of Cleveland, you know, and there's grassy knolls everywhere that you can frolic, <laughs> your, your dog can, cats can frolic through. So I think, so that's the thing is like, this question is like, is it an urban environment? Cause if, <laughs> If you're not in an urban environment, like, I don't know. Yeah, sure. That dog can just people aren't picking up anyways because it's in their backyard. But if you're in an urban environment, you got to pick that stuff up, man. You got to you got to do it. It's very important because um, imagine if you're riding your bike around. That's a that is a dangerous hazard. One, you shouldn't be riding your bike on the sidewalk. You're a vehicle. Remember, if you're on a bike, you are a vehicle. <laughs> I love you are a vehicle. And if that car that's passing you honks at you, you have every right I mean, they're going to be past you. So you can have every right to be upset um, because you are a vehicle. Just remember that. But wear a helmet, even if it's not your state law. Um, and Carl, t- pick a number between one and four. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll take one because I think that's the one you're going to read anyways. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Would you rather have to wear glasses, which make all of the world around you look very beautiful, but all the people look very ugly? Or which make all the people beautiful, but make everything else really ugly and gross. This an- this answer is easy for me. Uh, I'd say you know make make the uh, world look beautiful. There's more world than people. Really, I was I was actually picking the other answer. It's not what's on the outside, it's what's on the inside. I, yeah, but I, I don't know. Like, so superficial, Jason. <laughs> But I don't have a connection like, you know, to, you, I don't know, this desk. Imagine, in front I mean, of imagine it. if you're just driving around and like everywhere you looked, it was like this dystopia right around you. And it's like just everything's falling. It's like a ready player one book. And you're like, well, what is going on? 
Yeah, I don't think it'd be fine, right? I'm going to stick with my answer, and I don't think it's superficial. I think there's, you know, it's humans not. have connections to other humans, and uh, and that's why I picked that answer. Okay. Pheromones, yeah. <laughs> but then also, when you're looking in the mirror, though, like I'm with Carl, you look well, in the mirror, then you're also, like, <laughs> it's the perception of ugly, I think, you know, just saying. Okay, so where can people find you, James? Oh, you can find me everywhere. Um, I live in Seattle, so you can come have a coffee with me. <laughs> Uh, if you're on campus in Redmond, you'll probably see me every once in a while. Uh, on the interwebs, if you're on on the the Googles or the Bings, you can just type in my name and you'll find me, James Montemagno. Okay. But mostly if you want to contact me, the easiest and fastest way is on Twitter. It's just James Montemagno. That's my James Montemagno is my Twitter handle, but it's also my GitHub page. Um, and if we go, let me let's check this out really quick. So if you go to GitHub, mm-hmm. Uh, slash my name. You have a ton of stuff out there. Like anybody who's doing Xamarin work, do not, you know, it's it's like a required stop to go to his GitHub page. <laughs> yeah, required, check that out. Required. Required. Yeah. Uh, I, I love it. There's a, everything I do is open source and on my GitHub. Yeah. And uh, I, I'm 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 currently in a race uh, and in a challenge. So on I don't know if you guys know this on GitHub, you can say followers colon greater than, or you can say code whatever issues. So I'm going to say C sharp. Currently there are. 13 C-sharp developers with more than a 1,000 followers, and I just passed Paul Betts. I've been in this challenge for the last year to gain as many GitHub followers as humanly possible. No, I don't know, for fun. Um, but I highly recommend everyone go and follow me. I didn't if you even, want to look at my co- I'm very I, active. I, didn't like, I want everyone know, to contribute. I didn't even know this was a thing. Yeah, neither, no, no one does. But what this Oh, I have 43. Yeah, pretty good. Pretty good. Do I, I, didn't oh, know I follow either. 11 people, no. apparently. Okay. Yeah, so you can follow, and then they show up on your news feed, essentially, on okay. github.com. Um, okay. So that's kind of cool. So anytime like, I commit code, or you can see what James is favoring. So like, I follow like Miguel and a bunch of devs that I, that I really uh, follow and see. Like, if, 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 don't follow me just because I told you to follow me, but if you like my work and you like seeing what I'm contributing to, follow me on GitHub because everything I do is open source. So that's the easiest way to get a hold of me. But I do have a personal blog. It's uh, motz.codes, so mots.codes. That's, that's a URL. For real. Um, and that's my personal blog because not only do I blog on blog.xamarin.com, but Mott's Codes is I'm doing something cool or someone asked me a question, then I blog about it really quick. And I just recently did some really cool blog posts on, I just got a new Surface book mm-hmm. on how to properly set that up. Uh, oh, yeah. Xamarin development. I just really like it. Just what did I install? What else did I install? What, you know, how do I set up the emulators? Then I just did one on how to set up Visual Studio to run UI tests um, because I wanted, we did this new. Um, and you know, there's a test adapter that you have to install and there's an unit test recorder. So just when I'm doing stuff for fun, it's just like, it's just fun to slap stuff on there. I'm trying to get up on YouTube and channel nine a lot more, but just literally type in my name. You'll find me, but Twitter mm-hmm. and GitHub easiest places to find me. I'm now following you on GitHub. So there you go. Likewise. Yeah. And Carl, where can people find you? You can find me on Twitter at Carl Schweitzer and I will not tell you my life story in order to get that out. <laughs> <laughs> oh geez he's never come back and you can find me at ytechie.com or on twitter at twitter.com slash ytechie and please don't follow me on github uh so <laughs> now, now everybody's gonna follow me uh reverse psychology people uh so james thank you so much for coming on here and giving us the latest in xamarin i'm super excited um because i have my xamarin forms app and uh you know i'm gonna work on that during one week and probably before that as well so i'm super pumped so thank you so much Yeah, thanks for having me on, and thanks for listening to my entire life story. Appreciate that. (laughs) Anytime. I'll do it all over again.